Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share the inspiring story of someone who has faced their share of vulnerability and been able to find success and fulfillment. We hope all our stories will help you find the strength within yourself to live the life you want and find success of your own. Helen Keller said, Security is mostly a superstition. It does not exist in nature, nor do the children of men as a whole experience it. Avoiding danger is no safer in the long run than outright exposure. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. This is episode 12 of the Vulnerable Podcast with Jose Perenian. Growing up wasn't easy by any means for this man. At a young age, he would end up with a stutter that in many ways kept him quiet for years. From being extremely socially anxious in public settings, to even avoiding contact with his family at times. Even after learning techniques in England to help him control his speech impediment, it would still be years before he'd find the courage to speak openly. In university, he actually asked to be exempt from any presentations in front of his classmates. But then something inside of him made him decide that he needed to begin facing his fears, and maybe this is where he'd find the power to move forward. Not willing to play small, he decided to try another technique he was taught and go out in public to find and speak to 100 complete strangers. He received everything from strangers who embraced him and shared their stories too, to people who either laughed at him or simply turned and walked away. Through it all, it's given him the strength to try new things and overcome what was once the thing that held him back the most. Now he's an accomplished public speaker, speaking on the TEDx stage, and a stand-up comedian who's performed internationally. Instead of letting people bring him down, he uses his uniqueness to lift others up and makes a joke out of the stutter that once kept him from speaking at all. It's not only inspiring to hear his story, but heartwarming as well because it truly shows us that even when we are so close to giving up, we have the ability to make a drastic change by facing our fears to build the life of our dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Jose Perenian. Hey, Jose, thank you for coming on the Vulnerable Podcast. I am really excited to have you on. Uh, I, I've been following you for probably a little over a year now, and, and I will say that you know your story is definitely one that inspires me and I'm sure many other people. Um, you know, you've, you've done a lot of things that I'm sure a lot of people told you you couldn't do or that even maybe yourself felt that you weren't, weren't going to be able to do. And it's, like I said, it's been completely inspiring for me to, to see your journey and see all the in, interesting and amazing things that you're doing. So again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me and for the kind words, for, for the listeners, I will briefly mention that your internet is fine. I'm the one who has a stutter. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that you'd start with a joke. And so <laughs> that worked out perfectly. I appreciate uh -huh. that. <laughs> so the first question I ask every guest when they come on is, what is your definition of vulnerability? My definition of vulnerability is being okay with not looking perfect. 
accepting imperfection, accepting to not fulfill the traditional definition of cool or of normal. That's a, that's a good one. And, and what's interesting to me is literally every episode that I've had so far, not one person has a similar definition. Everybody's is different. So uh, I appreciate that. Uh, so what would you say your earliest memory of, of facing vulnerability or, or some sort of struggle in your life? What, what would your earliest memory of that be? I would say for me, ever since I've stuttered, which... I'm told intensified in my in my teenage years it every time I spoke was essentially an instance of vulnerability and for most of my life it was what I would negative vulnerability because I did not own it because I was ashamed of it because I I allowed my stutter or in broader terms because I allowed me being different to prevent me from expressing myself I always experience I always experience vulnerability and to this vulnerability always affected me negatively. So I mean I, I know you've sort of talked about if anybody's been following your story that that uh, you know you ended up discovering some breathing practices to help you. Is that the only thing that helped you overcome this vulnerability or was there other things that helped you overcome this vulnerability in your life? That's a very interesting question, Brian. Because I initially learned this breathing technique in 2007 on a speech course in the UK, but it took me years to be in the right state of mind that allowed me to openly express myself. Because even though I had learned an effective technique to speak, I was still going to sound unusual. And that was the psychological barrier that I faced years after learning it. I had the occasional week or month of progress, but I would say it was only about three years ago that things started to change in a in a very significant manner. So, you know, obviously, you know, going through this, it wasn't easy. And, and like you said, it was sort of negative vulnerability more than anything else. 
but what new strength would you say it you found in yourself uh, from going through this? Because uh, you, you did say over the last three years, there's been a significant change. So mm-hmm. what new strength caused that significant change, I guess? I would say a quick headline before getting into more details is transition from, from negative vulnerability to positive vulnerability in that something that used to hold me back in every way possible turned into the source that drives me as well as a source that as well as something that makes me very aware of the the adversity and challenges that other people might face. So I would say it's a two, it is serving me in, in probably in three different ways. One, it drives me. I'll give you an example of how it drives me. I was at the Mark Manson book signing a few months ago. And at some point at the end, he asks, who has a question? And my heart starts to beat extremely rapidly when he asks who has a question. And I understood that, oh, wow, this, it feels like I am absolutely terrified of the idea of having to put my hand up in front of hundreds of people and I have to turn an uncomfortable situation into a comfortable one. So I took that fear as an indication of this must be something that I have to to do. Whereas in the past, that same fear would be one that make me avoid or escape. And in fact, avoiding and escaping was how I spent most of my life for anything related to people and speaking. It's a bit like the fight or the butterflight. Is it? Is it? Is it the is it the flight or fight or fight or fight the yeah. fight or flight? Yes, it's, yeah, it's our it's uh yeah the psychologists I guess bring it back to we have from way back you know in our beginnings of becoming humans that we have a flight or fight mentality which is either we go at it full force or we run. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I. That's exactly it. Most of my life, flight was my default mechanism. 
it was like, okay, I have to deal with speaking to this person or in front of a group. I better escape. Whereas today, when I feel that same fear, it serves as an as a drive to do that thing that appears to be terrifying. That's the first of the three. The second way is that it makes me extremely aware of the challenges and adversity that other people face, as well as extremely empathetic to other paths of adversity. And three, I suppose when other people see me, see me combining vulnerability with courage, that might also have a positive effect in terms of in, indirectly giving them some strength to accept their own imperfections or to face their own fears. So I would say those are the three ways that come to mind right now. Yeah, no, def- it, it sounds to me like, and, and obviously there's lots to take from that, but it sounds to me that self-awareness became a big part of, you know, this sort of journey that you're on, because for you to be able to be there in that situation with the, the Mark Manson um, uh, book launch or whatever it was that you're at, um, you know, for you to, to sort of know that that feeling of, you know, your heart beating out of your chest and the nerves that you're feeling to know that that was sort of telling you, I got to do this. Uh, and a lot of people wouldn't see it that way. I think a lot of people would probably do what you said you would have done before, earlier in life, which is just run the other way <laughs> and yeah. just try and escape. So, I mean, it sounds like you've got a lot more self-awareness nowadays. Yeah. And to, to be honest, it's also, it's also be, be, because I've noticed over the past, two, three years that when I do something that scares me, once I have done it, it feels extremely good. And it also makes other challenges in my life seem a lot more accessible as a result of having done something super scary. So I'll give you an example. After I had asked that question at the Mark Manson event, I shared uh, a, a bit about my journey at the event and I asked, after the event was over, I had a lot of conversations with people in the audience who had heard me speak and who were interested in 
in chatting some more. And I realized that it, it did not feel challenging or uncomfortable at all to, to, to have spoken to maybe 30, 40 people after the <laughs> event, thanks to having done something a lot scarier, it made the, the task of, of speaking to people socially seem a lot more uh, accessible. So it's almost like when we confront a big fear, that confidence can spill over into other areas of our lives. <clears throat> I'm, I'm kind of hoping that that's how I'm going to feel after skydiving <laughs> because I have a big fear of heights. And one of the next things that I want to do is, is go skydiving. So I'm hoping that that's the result that I get <laughs> is that it gives me a little more confidence in maybe other areas. And, uh, but that's, that's a, yeah. incredible. When are you going? I, I haven't got a date yet. I, I've uh, I got some friends that are um, that just went recently, and I wasn't able to join them. It was the May two four long weekend, and I had other plans that weekend. But they're planning on doing a second round, so I'm going to try and plan with them, and and at least that way I'm not doing it alone, and I'm doing it with some people that I know. But but uh, it, it's it's incredible to me that that you know, like just hearing you tell that story, the insight that you grab from that and even the insight that I'm grabbing from it where facing such a big fear is, you know, makes everything, every other little fear seem like nothing. I mean, you know, I thought, you know, you were going to say you maybe spoke to three or four other people after asking that question, but 30 or 40 is a whole nother story. And so, you know, it's amazing how you went from like, I can't ask this question in front of a hundred people to now I'm going to speak to almost half of them afterwards. So, uh, you know, kudos to you for that. So thank you. No, no. Um, so this next question, I always find it hard to sort of uh, put it into a question because I think every person defines vulnerability and, and struggle and everything in their life differently. But would you say that you faced a lot of, of vulnerability, a little vulnerability, a moderate amount of vulnerability? Like how would you define what you faced throughout your life? And then if you don't mind, is there a few more st stories uh, of vulnerability that you could share with, with the listeners? Absolutely. I would say I faced, uh, my answer would be a lot of vulnerability because it's not the, the only way I could hide my vulnerability would be to not speak, which in itself was a different type of vulnerability. And then, and then when I did speak, I automatically get or got reactions from people. So even up to this day, every time that I open my mouth in the world, if I'm talking to new people, there's always this initial reaction from people. It's a reaction of surprise, sometimes discomfort, sometimes confusion. So this happens 
every time I speak to, to, to someone. So I'm, I always deal with this feeling of discomfort as a result of being different. What has changed, however, is how I manage it. So I, today I always uh, acknowledge the fact that I have a stutter. When I meet someone new, we're talking, the initial reaction of, of theirs is like, huh? They're, they're a bit confused. Every person reacts to it differently. Some will be, will look uncomfortable. Some will look confused. Some people will make a pretty direct comment uh, about it before they know what's happening. So an example is I was at an event last night, for example, and I was asked what my name was, and I said, Jose. And then one person in front of the group says, oh, did you forget your name? That's a, that's a comment I hear pretty often. And in the past, that comment might have really affected me. And I would have used this as a pretext to not speak to anyone the rest of the night or the rest of the week or the rest of the month, who knows. But now that same comment that in the moment does make me look bad in front of other people, this is not a, a comment that would make you look good. So it, it does involve vulnerability and it's about how I handle it, which has changed. So now when this happens, I'll laugh it off. I'll, I'll say, oh no, I just have a stutter. And it sounds super simple now, but it took me two and a half decades maybe to have, to have developed the mental strength to be completely okay with saying something like this and not allowing it to make me feel inadequate. No, I mean, and I, I can, just when you said that, like, I can't, it seems, it, I'm even having a hard time putting words to it, but like, it amazes me in, in, in some ways, the ignorance of some people, because, I mean, we all have our own struggles, we all have our own issues, and it seems, uh, it's crazy to me, and I mean, maybe I've been one of those people in the past, I don't know, like, you know, but the, the point is, is like, you know, how are we not able to 
accept each other more openly and more freely. It, it sort of amazes me in today's world because, again, there's so much adversity. There's so much difference between all of us. Um, but at the end of the day, we're all human beings. I mean, I, I, you know, not to compare the situations, but like I, I see it all the time where I work at a factory right now um, as sort of my way to make money while I'm doing these things like building on my podcast and everything. And, and, you know, and I see the way that different people from different cultures and things treat each other. And, and it, it amazes me because like I just said, we're all human beings. Like sure we have differences, but at the end of the day, we all sort of, we all have red blood. We all, you know, walk the same, talk the same for the most part. Like, so it just, it, it just amazes me that somebody has, you know, I guess, and I don't know a better word to put it other than, like I said, the ignorance to, to make that yeah. sort of comment. And to be honest, I used to judge people for reacting this way. Now I, I changed my perspective on it. And I simply perceive those reactions as as nervousness put into words. When someone isn't sure what's happening, when something is unusual, they might try to, to deal with the uncertainty, with a comment, with a comment like this one. I, at this point in my life, I always give people the benefit of the doubt. I will bring up the fact that I stutter. And if even after I bring it up, someone is, is not being nice, then I then I definitely have no interest in, in continuing the conversation or establishing a relationship with that person. But there are some people who initially had a strong reaction to me that became friends eventually. So I don't... I, I do give people the benefit of the doubt. Also, recognizing that if I did not stutter and I met someone who stuttered, I have no idea how my initial reaction would have been. I might have been un uncomfortable first as I was trying to figure out why is this person sounding this way? But when I have the answer, then obviously I would have been expected to be like, okay, and then just act normal. It, it, for me, what just came to mind is what you talked about earlier on in the episode, which is empathy. And to me, that is probably one of the uh, greatest uh, examples of empathy I've ever heard because for you to be able to sort of sit back and go, 
okay, well, if, if I wasn't the one stuttering, how would I react? That's empathy 101 right there. That's you just knowing <laughs> that, that, you know, like I, I may have this difference, but I also don't know what it's like to live without it. So I have to see it from both sides. So again, kudos to you for, for, for doing that. Um, you know, one other story and I, that I've heard you share before that I think is interesting is when you talk about, you know, how talking to people in general was something that you avoided for a long time, but then how you sort of uh, worked through that by, you know, just talking to pretty much anyone. Would you mind touching on that a bit? Uh, absolutely. So in my second year of university, the fear, the fear was so high that I asked, my professors to exempt me from all of my presentations. So that's in terms of public speaking. Socially, I also would avoid speaking and people as much as I could. One story I will share before I discuss the challenge I gave myself was I, <clears throat> I had this, this big family gathering a few years back and I was so terrified by the idea of having to, of having to go and be asked questions and then get stuck on my words and then feel feel so feel so small as a result i was so afraid of of that idea which ironically everyone else in the family was was probably super excited about this this re reunion to catch up with with one another i knew i had to to get out of it somehow so i i was still living at home i was in my in my late teenage years I pretended to have a cold. I pretended to cough just to convince my parents that, that I could not go. So I, my efforts in, and this is the, the least extreme example, some are are too embarrassing to share. <laughs> I would say though that my entire life revolved around trying to avoid people and speaking. I was engineering avoidance 24 seven. So then the exercise the challenge I started doing, which I had initially learned on the speech course I did for stuttering in England. And then I, I really 
started realizing that this exercise was extremely powerful and that this was going to be the thing that gets me out of my adversity. Every week I started going outside or to the mall and I would speak to a hundred complete strangers. I would typically ask them for directions or sometimes I would explain what I'm doing right away. So I would say, excuse me, I have a stutter and today I'm just challenging myself by introducing myself to as many complete strangers as I can. Hi, my name is Jose. Thank you. So so this exercise was essentially me facing extreme discomfort again and again and again. And over the years, I must have talked to more than tens of thousands of complete strangers. And it it changed my life more than anything else. See, and, and this is where I, you know, at the beginning of the episode, I said, you know, like you've inspired me. And, and that to me is probably one of the most inspiring things I've heard in a long time. Because again, you, you, you did something that I don't think 90% of us even think about doing. And we don't have, like myself, I, I don't have any speech issues, but I would never walk up to 100 strangers. And at the same time, there's part of me that says maybe it's something I should be doing because I'm sure that aside from, that challenge helping you sort of work through your your speech challenges you probably also learned quite a bit i can only imagine that some people were probably very open and shared stories or you know and something some conversations that came from that you know were, were probably you know interesting to to have so you know again just amazing that you decided to to take that leap and to do that and like i said i think that one thing that all of us can learn from that is to maybe talk to strangers more because you know that we in listening to a lot of podcasts and a lot of the reading I've been doing recently, it's, it, it stands out to me more and more how attached we are to our devices and to technology and how little we're actually communicating as, as human beings. And I've even seen it change in my own life and trying to communicate better with like my wife or even at work trying to communicate with people more often rather than just, you know, putting my head down and doing a job you know, trying to get to know my coworkers or, you know, just communicating with them in some shape or form. So, yeah. you know, again, you know, it's, there's a, there's a real big lesson to be learned there. First of all, I'll say if you ever want to join me on this exercise, I still do it huh. once every week. So you can, you, you can let me know and you can tag along and even do some yourself. In terms of this second thing you said, yeah, I learned a lot about people through this through this weekly challenge. So one interesting insight was that sometimes the people that 
that you expect to be rude or to be aggressive are the nicest (laughs) people you expect to be the nicest will react negatively. That's one thing I like, for example, I remember I had seen this, this group of people with a punk rock vibe with a lot of tats and piercings. And my first thought was, when I saw the group, I did start feeling some discomfort. Like, ah, I feel like I should face that, that discomfort and go approach that big group. And I did it, and then they turned out to be super nice and very supportive and like, wow, like, they were like right on man that's that's super awesome that that you're doing this and then on on another day i recall having asked a question to these two three people that seemed very nice and they walked away mid sentence as I was stuck on a word. So you, you really get all types of reactions, but here's the interesting thing is that both positive and negative reactions have affected me very positively. <laughs> the positive ones are always good for inc- encouragement and to feel su- support and good vibes and so on. I would say negative ones by exposing myself to the worst case scenarios, which have included people laughing at me especially if I'm uh, approaching, for example, a younger group, a group of students, a group of teenage guys, for example, and I'm asking them for directions. Their first reaction naturally to something, to something unusual or weird is laughing. So, and I, I realized that even though in the moment it feels really uncomfortable, once the situation is over, I feel a certain sense of calm and of oh, almost almost this feeling of invincibility thanks to having gone through something really uncomfortable imagine doing that a hundred times <laughs> you'll you, 
you'll have to take a long one time and I'm sure that you will get a boost in social confidence from the exercise, even though you do not stutter yourself. No, I, I, I would love to, and I can only imagine that you're right about that. I mean, I can, I can be f- fully honest and say that when I go to networking events, even where I may even know some people, I still find it takes a little bit of time to warm up because mm-hmm. you, there's still that little unease of like, well, how do I start the conversation? What am I going to talk about? You know, what if that person doesn't find me interesting? Whatever it might be, you know, there, there's those mental thoughts that happen. So I can only see how this would help you, you know, push past a lot of that um, because you're going up to, again, complete strangers. So mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, there's, again, you've probably gone over this a bit throughout the episode and throughout the interview. Um, but how would you say that all of this, uh, if you were to culminate it all into like, you know, some sort of lesson, how would you say all of it has helped you get to where you are now in terms of a speaker, comedian? Like how, how has all of this, these different things helped you get there? Mm. So I would say accepting it, accepting that I am different was a crucial step on my journey. Is Especially as I've gone through my stand-up comedy, when I joke about having a stutter, this allows me to gain control over the narrative, over the situation. That's one, one aspect of it. The second aspect is changing my relationship to fear or with fear. In the past, fear might have been perceived as a roadblock by myself, as as a wall. Whereas nowadays, I perceive it more as a trampoline (laughs) that propels me into action. The fear is still present, even though I've done hundreds of both stand-up performances and speaking engagements at conferences, companies, schools. The fear is always present, but it's just a different way of looking at it. I'll use I, a more lighthearted sentence to describe how I feel when I feel this fear before speaking, before performing. I'm like, okay, it's showtime. That's the the, the the attitude that I would say has changed quite dramatically over the past three something years. So at this point in your life, you know, with the success that you're seeing as a stand-up comedian and as a, a speaker, would you say that you found success and fulfillment in your life or would you say that you're still on your journey towards that? 
I would say it's an on it's an ongoing journey. I I still go through phases. If I if I don't actively force my myself to do this exercise, for example, of talking to a hundred strangers a week, the social anxiety of my past that is deeply rooted in how I lived most of my life, it seems to creep back up. That's one thing. And if I don't work on my stutter constantly through my breathing technique and through other types of things I do to practice and maintain it, the stuttering gradually goes back to being more severe. So it's, it's really an ongoing journey. I would say I've had a lot of instances of success and fulfillment, but I don't see those as, I see those as milestones. I don't see those as an end point. And I, I'm driven, I'm driven to continuously add more instances of success and fulfillment to my journey. And fulfillment can mean a lot of things. <laughs> it, it can mean I'm so proud of myself for having conquered a fear, but it can also mean I'm so fulfilled because I received an an amazing message from someone who who saw my talk and shared how it affected them in a positive way. Some of the most fulfilling moments of my life were, in fact, messages I've heard, uh, I've received from people. There's one that that I saved on my desktop and I look at once in a while, this man reached out to me after watching, I believe my video on, on Goldcast. He reached out to me and said, <clears throat> said that something about my message made him want made him want to tackle his biggest fear which was that this man is a re recovering alcoholic and drug addict and he and his relationship with his wife and kids obviously had suffered dramatically over the years be, be, because of his addictions. And he said, 
and I always get emotional when I think about this. He said something about your message made me want to be a better husband and and a better father. And when I had read this, it, I was speechless for, for, I just, for a whole minute, just being like, wow, I cannot believe that by sharing my vulnerability, by sharing my journey, that this person was able to get this takeaway or this impact from it. So that was definitely one of the most fulfilling moments of my life. No, I, I literally had goosebumps, like probably from my toes to my head when you started to tell that story, because that is, because you don't, you don't know. And I've said, you know, before on previous episodes that for me, this podcast and what I'm trying to do with it, all I, all I hope is that each episode impacts one person. I'm not trying to, you know, change the world. I'm not trying to, you know, obviously I'd love to impact millions, right? But the goal for me is to impact one person and to see that you had that much of an impact on somebody by sharing your story, I can only imagine must, must be a pretty fulfilling. So, um, again, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, being vulnerable isn't necessarily about being weak or anything like that. It's more about, you know, pushing through and being able to, you know, make an impact essentially. So again, you know, <laughs> great story. They, these have all been great and I'm sure they're going to help a lot of people. So I'm down to my last couple of questions. Um, one of the last ones. Uh, so um, uh, there's a lot of takeaways that, that people can get from this episode. If they were to sit down and really listen to it and take a bunch of notes, I'm sure there's, you know, at least 10 uh, takeaways that they could, they could come out with. But what I'd ask you right now is if you could give people three key takeaways that they can take away from your journey, your experiences to help them, you know, move through their own struggles, their own vulnerabilities, what would those three takeaways be? Mm. Own what makes you unique. Own what what makes you different, basically. What whatever that thing is for you. Accept that fear will always be there. And therefore it's illogical to wait for it to magically go away before you take the the action that you know you want to take deep down. Third message would be when you repeatedly face When you repeatedly face your fears, it 
transforms the way you live your life. And, and your life can truly become sweeter than what you, what you could have ever imagined. Because if I tell my teenage self that the teenager and, in fact, the university student who was asking his professors to exempt him from presentations, if I told him that he would be performing stand-up comedy and speaking professionally there's no way in hell he w he would have believed me so when we repeatedly face fears and discomfort we can transform our lives beyond recognition hmm. and the way that we live today versus the way that we we can live are, are, are so are so different. It's it's hard for someone to even imagine how the the quality of life that can be reached once fears are repeatedly confronted hmm. solid solid three solid solid three definitely and and again you know like i said there's so many takeaways from this episode but those three definitely i think will help a lot of people overcoming their fears and pushing forward i mean for myself you know, getting outside my comfort zone a couple of years ago after I got let go from my job led to a lot of different things uh, happening in my life, this podcast included. So I can definitely see how, how that, that can definitely help um, people, including myself and, and many others listening. So thank mm. you for that. Yeah. Last thing isn't so be before the next thing. I think the, what you, what you just shared right now is a good illustration that anything that feels uncomfortable might indirectly lead to some type of growth. It, it can go two ways. That same thing might might either paralyze someone or might skyrocket their potential. And we are in control of how we choose to live this, this adversity. No, definitely, definitely. So the last thing isn't so much a question, but more of an opportunity that I like to give all my guests for them to promote themselves and anything that they're doing, anything that they want to put out into the world. Um, you know, whether it's just sharing your social handles, maybe upcoming performances, whatever it might be. So the floor is yours. Share away. Oh, awesome. I, in terms of up, up, upcoming events and such, I, 
I will, it's easier if I give people my Instagram handle and then announce those anyway on Instagram. So it's at yesweyjose, Jose is with a Z. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll share your social handle, uh, LinkedIn, um, uh, yes, Facebook well. and, uh, and Instagram as well. But Instagram I know is definitely from what I've seen from following you is where you seem to be most active. So I'll make a point. And I, I believe you also have your website where people can look at some of your past speaking gigs and, and other things that are going on with you. Um, I even know that you had an ebook on there that you're sharing. And yes, I've, so, I've, yes. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> of that on my website there's a free ebook that people can get by by clicking on the logo that says free ebook awesome definitely all right man well again this has been um I, i've done about i think that you're you're maybe 12 or 13 i can't remember but i've done about a dozen episodes now and i have to say um, this one is, I think, one of my favorites uh, so far because I, I, just from knowing you over the past couple of years, like I said at the beginning of the episode, your story and the things that you've you've managed to push through and everything just inspires me a lot because myself, I want to become a speaker as well. And I've had my own negative self-talk and things that I've had to overcome over the last couple of years, which in my opinion are nothing compared to the, the struggles and vulnerabilities that you face. But you know, just having this conversation with you today, learning a little bit more about your story and going a little bit deeper with you, it just continues to inspire me, man. So, you know, thank you for coming thank you. on. And, and by the way, I would, I, I would never I would never compare adverse ad, ad, Ad adversities in the sense that everyone has their own journey, their own story. And even though in my case, it might be a lot more visible be because it's a stutter, I would never use the fact that the stutter is, is visible as justification that the adversity that other people are facing is lesser. I believe we, we were all in this together on this planet, on this weird, on, on this weird, difficult, and beautiful journey called life and it's the, the same principles I think apply to everyone the three things I had said earlier they can apply to everyone I think facing fears facing discomfort repeatedly doing the things that that we don't want that we don't want to do because they're scary those are things that 
that we, regardless of what the adversity is, the best way out is through. Uh, strong way to end it, my friend. Um, again, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. I'm definitely going to take you up on that, uh, going out there and talking to strangers uh, at some point um, when I can find uh, the time that both works for both of us. And again, I appreciate uh, you coming on. I appreciate your friendship and, and the constant inspiration, man. Thank you for having me on. It, it it was a real pleasure and yes we'll definitely we'll, we'll definitely speak and and we'll have you tag along on one of my speaking challenges awesome take care man have a good one you too Thank you for listening to The Vulnerable Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps get the word out and means more than you know. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching Vulnerable Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at the B-E-L-M-E-D-A, that's the B-E-A-L-M-E-I-D-A, or by searching my name on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, please let me know as I would love to interview them for the show. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and see you next week.